Hello and welcome to the Poppin' Things Podcast, a pop culture podcast hosted and produced by Colorado State University students. We are your hosts, Chapman Croskell, Alec Erickson, and today, Josh Klein. Yes, yeah, so uh, Nicole is in New York this week. She's doing some auditions, so we grabbed our IT guy. <laughs> that's my job. <laughs> I mean, all he's ever told us is to turn it off and on again, so that's true. it's that's, great that's advice. That's your only advice for us. Yeah. It's also my password. <laughs> turn it off and on again? It's a good password. So we've got some cool stuff going on this week. Um, Marvel announced a partnership with Square Enix for a multi-game uh, series franchise, I guess. Uh, with the first one is the Avengers Project. And it's very interesting because the trailer came out the other day and it shows no gameplay whatsoever. It's just a lot of Avengers imagery. We see Iron Man's hand. We got... Bruce Banner's glasses. And it's all it's all very like Captain America's shield. And broken. Yeah, it's all damage. So I don't know. I highly suspect it's not gonna be in the veins of like the Marvel versus Capcom series, which was the last video game outside of mobile games that Marvel produced and that came back in two thousand eleven. I could see as more of like an action adventure kind of thing, maybe. Yeah, and I really hope they get the chance to expand on the universe more. Um I think it'll be really cool to see what they go where they go with this because Square Enix definitely doesn't really do the kind of actiony thing you might expect from Marvel. Yeah, um, I, I mean I'm really excited. I Marvel obviously has shown that they can do really really good franchises, and so I'm guessing this obviously isn't going to be canon with like the cinematic universe. Like it, it doesn't seem to be. Um, so I'm guessing it's going to be kind of its own contained universe with a series of games produced by uh, Square Enix and Marvel with like other producers. Um, I don't remember who they're partnering with for the Avengers project, um, but it looks really, really interesting. For me, it's kind of weird because like, it seems like they're coming into this really late into the game. Yeah. I feel like if they wanted to capitalize on this whole Avengers kind of thing that like a video game released around the last time of the last Avengers movie would have been perfect. Now it just seems like... But I mean, like... we're also building up into Infinity War, which just started filming. It did. Um, yes, yes, it did. That's some big news. Um, so we... Infinity War just started filming, and that doesn't come out until, what, May of 2018? Yeah, May of 2018 with the next one the following year. Right, which um, we have a couple movies in between, including Captain Marvel, which um, Brie Larson retweeted uh, when they were teasing the new games. And we, we know she's an avid gamer, but we also don't know and she's going to be involved with this project, but right. I'm excited either way. And uh, jumping back to Infinity War for a second, they did release one picture that is just all the trailers for the film, and it just extends as far as the eye can see. Wow. Because every actor, they have so many actors, and <laughs> they all say, have their own trailer. Almost everybody is confirmed for Infinity War. Um, it's it's an insane cast. Yeah, someone did the math the other day, and if they keep the Infinity War about the average length that the last two Avengers movie were, and try to give everyone that's going to be in an equal screen time, it's going to be about 16 minutes for each actor who gets their own screen time. Well, and that was one of my biggest complaints with Age of Ultron is they tried to tell a bunch of really independent stories throughout it and it, it didn't work. Like you had Natasha and um, Bruce's romance in it. It just didn't work at all. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of my biggest complaints with Age of Ultron. So, And that's why I love Civil War is because it, it had such... It didn't really rely on like individual stories that much. Well, that's why I'm excited for the uh, the directors, Anthony and Joe Russo. I mm -hmm. think they are probably a better well, the choice. The Russo brothers the are phenomenal. 
Um, they've done some great stuff. But moving on, uh, we also have Resident Evil, um, both the new game and the new movie releasing this week. Um, I believe the movie launched last night and then the game came out on what, Wednesday? Tuesday. Tuesday. Yes. Um, and people are already speed running it um, and there's already guides up for how to survive. Apparently, it's, it's pretty scary. Yeah, apparently... From what everyone has been saying, it's a true return to form for the Resident Evil games, which is so good to hear because the last, I'd say the last scary Resident Evil game would probably be Resident Evil 4. Yeah, I didn't like 6 very much. 6 was just action. Resident Evil 5 was trying to be scary, but there wasn't a lot of scary things going on. In between, they released these Resident Evil like revelation games that were like, kind of prequel stories around Resident Evil 5 and 6. Mm -hmm. Those didn't do nearly as well. Um, I think actually Resident Evil Revelations, the first one started as like a mobile game, like on DS and all that. And then it got a console port years later. It's not the best in the series, but they're decent enough games. I want to say those are scary either, but it's good to see that they're trying something different and that is actually kind of scaring someone. I hear with PlayStation VR, it's just terrifying. Have you played the franchise, Josh? I actually have not touched okay. Resident Evil game. They I, were too uh, scary and violent. Uh, yeah, for I me. didn't like them. I'm not actually big on the franchise. I really hate the movie franchise. I think it it's really obnoxious, honestly. Um, so I I really don't care about the new movie. And this is supposed to be the last movie ever, right? Yes, this is supposed to be the last one. Milo jo- Djokovic has had like two kids in the series of like filming all these now six films, and so I think she's kind of got exhausted i don't know how this film series has managed to make it this far and they're not like the games are pretty quality and this these the movies aren't similar at all the films just diverge from the games Mm -hmm. a lot right yeah yeah, they literally just grab the characters from the universe and like the basic element that there's t-virus that makes zombies and then they just roll from that resident evil is uh, umbrella corporation yes okay Okay. And so basically the movies are huge divergence, which is why a lot of video game movies get a bad rap is because they a lot of people like to point at Resident Evil and be like, look how wrong you can go with a video game movie. Like right. that's what you can do, which honestly, the first three Resident Evil movies aren't the greatest things ever. They're OK, but I'd still think they're pretty bad. I don't know how it made it past the third one, and then the fourth one came out, and then the fifth one, and now we're on finally on the sixth one. Glad it'll be finally over. Yeah, I hear it's just kind of just mindless well, fun to watch. And I've just I've never re- I think I've watched the first two or three, and I mean they came out when I was younger, and I just didn't care. Um, but I always like those in the underworld movies. I get like really confused because I feel like they have the exact same like tone, like different yeah. stories, but they look so similar. All I think about is black leather with both of them. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I feel like then that's very much like matrix inspired, but it doesn't work at all. Cause it's a very different, like it's just so different. Um, speaking of really, really scary things, Taco Bell has a new taco they released this week and it has, it's the, um, bear chicken or naked chicken chalupa and it's it's a fried chicken taco shell and my heart is just dying right now just like talking about it well i I think taco bell has no limits to what they can do now they've realized (laughs) that after the doritos locos taco they can just lose it and people come back well i think what was crazy for taco bell especially because like it was just the other year that they're like why don't we do breakfast food and then they did breakfast food and everyone's like this makes sense now. And so now Taco yeah. Bell's like, what's the craziest thing we can do on our menu that like people wouldn't expect us to do? And here we are with like all these like yeah. weird burritos that now have like full Dorito chips in them or like 
why not a chicken shell well, fried is it chicken, chicken is it taco? fried in doritos crumbs is that <laughs> where the next evolution is going have you have you guys seen the thing where you can you can take like a dorito and like crumble it up and put it in a salt like grinder and then you've got like or like a um, sprinkle grinder and you've got like doritos flavoring that you can just grind no. out of a grinder no the one thing I have seen with Doritos, I have to say, is a very classy drink that I've oh, been seeing no. on the internet lately. No. Is in the same style as a margarita, you no. take Doritos chips, you crumple it up, and then you put the Doritos chips on the rim of the glass, and in the glass you have Mountain Dew. Very classy. You also have uh, orange lips for the rest of your life. Yes. <laughs> that's so gross. That's that's so gross. Um, but I don't know. Taco Bell has I, I mean as decent much as, enough food for cheap, I guess. As much as I hate to admit it, like more often than not, if I need like food and I need something cheap that just a lot of like calories, like I'm just I need food. Um, they have their five dollar box deal, and it comes with a burrito supreme, a taco supreme, a I think chicken chalupa or something. It's one that has like the sho- soft shell over the crunchy shell. Yeah. As well as uh, a medium drink and nachos chips and it's just it's so many calories for five bucks and like some days you just need that i just kind of ignore the calories when i go to talk about <laughs> i'm just like don't show me that number i don't but I, know it's probably the best choice yeah. I, I also hate myself when i eat that uh, moving away in a completely different way from that you have the list of oscars in front of you don't you yes Oscar nominated movies. so the list came out i think two weeks ago but we haven't talked about it on the show yet and so what's nominated because i haven't actually read the list well for best picture we have arrival fences hacksaw ridge hell or high water hidden figures la la land lion manchester by the sea and moonlight so i've seen Actually, none of those, which I'm really ashamed of myself. I'm seeing La La Land tomorrow morning uh, with a friend, and I... I've heard I've a been, lot of good things. I've been told I need to see Arrival. Um, I've been told it's the be- one of the best sci-fi movies to come out in recent history. Mm-hmm. So I've been told I need to see Arrival. I, re- I really want to see Hidden Figures, and I-, I hate myself for not having seen it yet because I really, really support that, and it looks super good. Hacksaw but... Ridge is actually a really fantastic kind of war story movie. Yeah, it's I'm actually, one of the better I'm ones I've seen. big on war movies. Um, they have to be really, really good to impress me. Yeah, this but... is actually kind of impressive because it's more focuses on like what happens when there's a pacifist that goes to war. And so like that was a... Really? It was more of a unique story within a war setting, and so I really appreciate that. Plus, Andrew Garfield, he oh, is he it, really is it Andrew Garfield? Yeah, he really oh, carried the movie. Right? So I mean, I really appreciate. I can s- totally see why that's on there. Uh, Manchester by the Sea that got a lot of nominations. I wish I knew what that was. Yeah, I'm kind of ashamed I don't. What is that? And so, I. It's one of these like really just out of the blue things that like not a whole lot of people have heard of. And so it's just this crazy movie that basically yeah. is kind of like about a loner. And it's apparently this yeah, really unique kind of, I, I don't know if it's. I want to say I remember seeing at least one trailer for it and saying that looks really interesting. And then never hearing anything about it again. But I heard it, it looked very pretty. Well, it stars a uh, Casey Affleck. Okay. Um, and. I mean, he's gotten an, a nomination yeah. for Best Actor. It's been nominated for Best Director, Best Supporting Actor with uh, Lucas Hedges and Best Supporting Actress with Michelle Williams. Wow. I, I did get a, a message from one of my friends who sent me a, a list of like the um, Oscar-nominated movies you can watch online. Um, so I, I really feel like I want to watch some of these. I, I've been so bad about movies lately. Like It's taken me so long to see La La Land and... I'm so behind with movies, but anything else big that we've got that's a surprise on the list of nominations? What surprised me was that 
Zootopia only got one Oscar nom hmm. for best animated feature film. Did that come out in 2016? It did. It, did. it came out of like wow, right I, at the start. That's gonna say, I want to. I feel like that was 2015. But... Yeah, it feels long ago just because it was such early on in the yeah. year. Yeah, and like what's crazy to me is like that's on Netflix now, which it is. you don't usually see a lot so, of Oscar nominated movies on a Netflix. A really really fun thing to do with that movie um, on Netflix is to turn on audio subtitles because it makes it seem like a nature documentary because it's the soothing woman's voice describing everything happening in the scene. <laughs> Ooh, and it's it's absolutely fun. hilarious. Well, that sounds great. I honestly. think a bigger surprise with the animated films is that Finding Dory, Pixar, didn't receive a nomination. I so I saw that um, like the weekend it premiered, and because Finding Nemo is my favorite Disney Pixar movie, um, I'd actually I wanted to be a marine biologist for a very long time because I loved Finding Nemo so much. Finding Dory was it was good. It wasn't anything special. I, I agree on that. It definitely didn't really tell a story that needed to be told i felt I agree. it was well done and really enjoyable but it didn't push anything new i'm glad it wasn't uh, too heavily fan service like it had it had some little things that were obviously nods to the first film but it, it wasn't they did try and tell its own story it just kind of fell flat to me it was like one of those movies where they're like okay let's go to california like let's do it for fun kind of thing but it's yeah. like but this one they go to la yeah and so it was like it's first one took place in australia and I don't know. It's kind of like diverges. That's a long way to go from from the Great Barrier Reef, which is like implied where they are, to um, Mora Bay, California. Um, Like that's that's what they use the current for with the turtles. Okay, but like the the Great Current, like there's no way you would take you years if you're the size of a, a fish. I mean, basically, it's just let's, one of the, it's it, one of those things you have to ignore. Let's but not get never into been the movies of the accuracy. Um, but, but that is surprising that that received no nominations. Yeah, in 2016, I would say was not the best year for animated movies. Like, Finding Dory was basically the only big Pixar movie that a lot of people paid attention yeah. to. But I think that what's going to honestly win out in this category has to probably be Kubo and the Two Strings oh, just because goodness. that was such a good I movie. I saw that with Eric last when it came out and we we both were so in love. And that also came Gorgeous. out really early in the year. That was like February or March. March it was right? one yeah. of the like weird times to release a movie just because like January is when you get all the crappy movies. Everyone always. Wait, I knows thought it that. was in the summer because was I remember it? I remember dr- I remember because Eric had his car and he didn't get his car until way later in the summer. So I think it was actually, I want to say it was like July or August. Like it was mid-summer. Because I feel like that one, because it got released on like Blu-ray and all that. It was August actually. It It was was August? August. It was August. Okay. Because I thought the Blu-ray release was around August. So that's why I was a little confused. But yeah, man, that was a really kind of a late release. But pa- and- did Passengers? Passengers got a couple nominations, right? Um, I think it With only got one Chris or two. Pratt, I think got two: best score and best something. I, mean, I know best score is best one of score them. is definitely production one of them. design. Production was the other one. Yeah. Uh, so did you? Did either of you see that? I didn't end up seeing it. I, I like I wanted to, and then like when it came out, like nobody said anything about seeing it or anything. The and, response is very lukewarm. And my, my feeling mm-hmm. about Jennifer Lawrence is is. Eh, like she does some really good things and then she also does things that kind of frustrate people um but i, I love chris pratt a lot so i was curious and i wanted to see their chemistry and it, it, i wanted to know what the big twist was because it looked interesting it definitely but. was a cool concept for a movie i was definitely intrigued but i never really was pushed over the edge to go see it yeah yeah because right now we're just seeing like a steady like influx of these like sci-fi movies at the moment and like arrivals the example of like what you want because it like makes your audiences want to go back a second time and watch it versus like passengers where you have like that one kind of big twist that everyone knows is in the movie but it doesn't make you kind of like look at the movie a second way you know right. 
And so I can see how it can get maybe a few nominations that way. It I don't know necessarily where it went out, because especially with the music score, it's up against La La Land, which yeah. is a musical, so right. it's definitely Although, probably like not going to Although, like you said, the Academy category. is pretty judgmental of musicals. So. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I want to guess on what's going to get Best Picture, but I don't think I've seen enough of them to actually make a statement. So yeah. Maybe I'll try and catch up. And bef- the Oscars are what, February? Oh, geez. Something? February. Yeah, we I don't know have cable things. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's crazy right now for me is like that I'm a little salty with the Oscars is that um, they are... They nominated Suicide Squad for Best Hair and Makeup. Right, right. And so now Suicide Squad can boast that it's an Oscar-nominated movie, and that is something that I'm just like... I mean, the hair and makeup <sighs> did look really good in that movie, though. Yeah. I mean, not a great movie, but it had it, it did have some it good has, It has design. some good stuff to it, just just because a movie is has its issues. February 26th, by the way. 26th, cool. So we've, we've got a while, and we can revisit that as we get closer, but just the last thing on Suicide Squad, just because it was poor in a lot of ways doesn't mean you know that everything was bad and i'm always supportive of things being you know nominated in other categories other than you know uh best actor or best film because i love seeing the support for the the technical side of it because you know the people who do the technical yeah. side put so much work in and they, they deserve the recognition right but get it we'll return to that um in february but getting away from that pokemon had two different announcements this week completely unrelated the first is the new pokemon mobile game um, which is called Pokemon Duel, right? Po- is that it? Pokemon Duel. I want to say it's Pokemon. You Duel. You have some info on this, Alec. I know. Um, so, yeah. So the Pokemon Mobile game is like it is crazy to me. Like, yeah, it's Pokemon Duel. Pokemon Duel. It's a strategy game, and it's launching on mobile. So like, what's crazy to me is that it took them this long to get into the actual mobile market yeah. with Pokemon. Because I wouldn't necessarily say Pokemon Go was a game per yeah. se it was more of a social kind of experience and it, and it, it did really good for a really short amount of time mm-hmm. um but yes the new pokemon duel from what i've seen you basically build a team of six figurines and then you move them along a board um and you can battle and so it's it's a virtual board game with figurines which is not it's exactly what you expect nintendo yeah. to do um so i'm really curious i don't think it's going to do great i didn't even know about it for the longest yeah. time i think I it'll do okay only because they're releasing it on iOS and Android at the, around the same time, which is something that they've typically never really done because usually they favor the iOS a lot right. more than Android. Super Mario. So Run, I could yeah. see it doing okay. I mean, I think Super Mario Run would be would actually do really really well if it weren't ten dollars. Yeah, right. Like, and the thing so is, like, this is probably going to be littered with microtransactions for oh, picking sure. up figurines because, sure. like, if it's anything like Amiibos it's going to be miserable. Which, it's so hit or miss for Nintendo, so I don't know how well it's going to do. The other thing that happened was they finally updated Pokemon Bank, so that mm-hmm. it is now compatible with the Generation 7 games, um, which is interesting because they still haven't patched Sun and Moon to add a national Pokedex, and the way it seems is that now your like Pokemon Bank account almost acts as your like living Pokedex that a lot of people have maintained. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to, and which I'm actually kind of glad because now in order to get like the Pokedex completion in Sun and Moon, all I have to do is get everything in like the main the games and something themselves so i'm i actually don't mind it i just i wish that they would make a better than way of like maintaining your pokedex through pokemon bank but. and i guess uh 
there was a Polygon article about this the other day. It took them less than a day to find like some crazy game-breaking glitch with yep. the Pokemon update is where if you try to transfer over Missing No... Well, yeah. And then missing it, No always causes problems. Yeah. Shocking. Well, this is what happens when you... I, I mean, I'm really happy that they made it. You can transfer Pokemon from red, um, the red and blue and mm-hmm. yellow virtual console games. That's that's so cool of them to do, except for the fact that those games are so glitchy. Um, yeah. I was reading some of the, the issues it causes because, like, the way that... So you... The way that gender works and the way that shinies work in uh, the the generation one and two games is now very different from the way that it works in the new games. And so, like, genders wouldn't carry over if you had, like, a generation two, like, because people found a way to transfer from generation two virtual games into the red, blue, and yellow games. Mm -hmm. And, like, so they can transfer shiny Pokemon, like shiny Gyarados, and it doesn't work correctly. And also, genders don't work correctly. IVs don't work correctly. But also, that's kind of what you'd expect from people transferring a game. Some people have figured out how to transfer the Mew from um, the, the a glitched Mew that you can get in yellow mm-hmm. into Sun and Moon because along with the um, update for um, Pokemon Bank, you get the Munium Z, which allows you to use Mew Z move, which is actually a really, really cool looking Z move. Mew is the only giveaway Pokemon I missed out on last year, and I hate myself for missing it. See what, but like with all this news, and like all, it's great that you can finally like make all these trades from the bank and everything. I am just still salty about no national Pokedex. Yeah. Like, I, I that's think, the one I think thing that I think most people care about. I whatever game we're getting next, whether it be Stars, whether it be whatever Z we're getting. You could knows? get Diamond yeah. and Pearl remakes. I, we're getting that eventually. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very excited because those are my favorite games other than Gen 2. Um, and I'm very excited for Diamond and Pearl remakes. I really, really am, especially because Sun and Moon looks so pretty. It's really funny. I've been playing Sun and Moon, and then when I try and go back to playing Gen 6 games, the characters look so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Their heads are so big and, like, so tiny. Um, but, yeah, so Pokemon is always, like, they get some things really right and then some things not not as right. Um, the biggest news of the week that I've been wanting to talk about all week, we finally have a title for Star Wars Episode Eight. Yes. It is The Last Jedi. And this is fantastic news because people have been speculating on the title for a while. Yeah. Because if everyone knows, 2018, we get, we're get we getting, not 2017, I mean, we're getting this episode finally. Yep. And so, like, this is the first bit of news related to the episode that we got. And so, it's exciting that we finally have a title. I imagine we'll get a trailer. I'm going to say... Maybe the Super Bowl? April, maybe May, Super Bowl. I'm leaning more towards May, May the 4th. 4th. Just because Star be, Wars has never really recognized Star Wars. Day, yeah, though. they never recognize that day. But if they want like the ultimate fan service, that would probably be like the best time to release a trailer. Right. But you can't help but acknowledge the great memes that came out of this, <laughs> such as if you put all the titles together, it probably spells A Force Awakens, The Last Jedi from his nap. <laughs> great story. The other thing we've got is that the logo is in red. Mm-hmm. Um, which has Sith implications. Yeah, and Re- but Return of the Jedi was also in red. Yeah. So the original, if you look at the original logos, Star Wars was yellow, Empire Strikes Back was blue, and Return of the Jedi was red. So I think right. it's a homage to that. I mean, a lot of people, because like, but Return of the Jedi is one of the lighter movies, really. Yeah. It's a more optimistic one. Compare, I mean, especially compared to Empire. They're compared to Empire, but. This one is the second act of the trilogy. And They've all, kind but of they have, it. they have said um, in interviews. The director has said we don't want to make this the second one be dark the same way Empire was. We don't want to go with that. They've actually said that they want this one to be more lighthearted right. than the Force Awakens. I've heard weird as a description. Weird. I have heard weird, and I've heard it's very different, which I'm, I'm really excited about. Actually, yeah, I'm really excited because for what I loved. 
I think what a lot of people love about Empire Strikes Back is that it ju- it's the most different of the original trilogy. It is. And so, like, it stays away from any talk of, like, the Death Star and all that. Yeah. And that's what it does well. So, I mean, if this new trilogy stays along the same vein where they're not going to, like, bring up another Star Killer base, hopefully, then I think it can has the potential to do well. If it stays away from that original formula, I think it'll be p- fine. Well, yeah. Empire has such a confidence about it that I hope they bring to this one mm-hmm. uh, where they're fully independent, they're sure of where they're going, and mm-hmm. all the characters are really built up and growing. Well, and a lot of people cite Empire as being one of the best examples of a sequel being as good as its predecessor, in it, but in its own way. Mm-hmm. Um, you cite that, you cite Aliens. There's there's very few movies where the second one was as good as the first one and was good in its own special different way. And so that's why Empire is great. And yeah, I'm really excited for The Last Jedi. Um, the only thing that I'm, I'm really curious about is they have said that Carrie Fisher was supposed to have a, a pretty big role in episode nine. Mm-hmm. And now with her passing, um, we know that she had finished filming for episode eight. We don't know what they're going to do for episode nine or if they've completely changed their plan or what. I'm worried that because the official statement was that they had no plans to CGI her into the movies or anything. Right. So that's very vague. So I'm very worried that it's just going to be a poor choice and they're going to have like some character with a throwaway line that's going to be like, yeah, she's not here. And that's yeah. it. And that's the only acknowledgement is, they get. It, I think they'll handle it well. I'm actually so. optimistic. I hope so. Disney so. usually handles that pretty well. And you look at Star Trek Beyond, for example, and they handled uh, Anton Yelchin's death pretty well. Right, which yeah. I, I didn't watch Star Trek Beyond, but I know that it had to deal with uh, Anton Yelchin's death as well as Leonard Nimoy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I heard that the way they did Leonard Nimoy was spectacular. Um, so they were subtle, but they were they were nice. They were genuinely caring gestures. I right. felt. So I I'm that's the only thing I'm worried about. But yes, I'm very excited for episodes eight, and I just I want to see where this is going and the implications of the Last Jedi. And we might talk. We'll probably talk more when we get another uh, trailer. But until then, okay. So I save this last thing until the very end because I do want to avoid getting political on this podcast. But the one big thing of the week that I I have to talk about as a social media editor, as a a pop culture writer, is the rogue Twitter accounts. Yes. So for anyone who doesn't know, um, there has been some controversy with official uh, U.S. government Twitter accounts and them being um, kind of quieted by the, the Trump administration. Um, and so a bunch of groups have decided to make rogue accounts, um, my favorite of which being the alternative uh, U.S. National Park Service. And so they are they are doing this in what they argue a way to continue to give information to the people and not necessarily defy the administration, but to make sure that their voices are not quieted. And yeah. in addition, there's also Rogue NASA and yeah. many other organizations. That I've are heard there's as many as this. thirty. Yes, yes. And so we, some of them, some are more official than others. Mm-hmm. Um, so for example, the National Park Service one is people who are involved with the National Park Service are not necessarily government employees, are not in any way being subsidized by the government for doing this. Um, and they said that they have a team of scientists and a team of also journalists, which I am so supportive of. And so that's the one that I care about the most because I think I think they represent exactly what it should be. Um, some of them, like Rogue NASA, are a little more casual mm-hmm. um but it's it's still it as, still brings awareness to an issue as a, as a journalist and as somebody who very much cares about you know truth of information and freedom of speech it's it's so good 
to see people fighting, fighting to get information out there. Yeah. I'm happy to see something positive on Twitter for once. I really too. am. Hey, a- one of my favorite positive things I found on Twitter is Sean Spicer, the press secretary, has been oh, waging goodness. a five-year war <laughs> on the ice cream dipping dots, and they <laughs> it has been some of the most funny and entertaining things i've ever read on twitter but why dipping dots because he does not think it is the ice cream of the future my friend <laughs> what is the ice cream of the future then it's not dipping dots according <laughs> to sean spicer i don't think there's another futuristic ice cream candidate hey man do you know that you have to store dipping dots colder than you have to store regular ice cream well, if that doesn't scream future in i don't the future, know what when else we're does. in space we can store things there where it's cold <laughs> hey you know what sean spicer's not a fan of it and that's all i got for you <laughs> Well, I guess the new administration's <laughs> position on ice cream is pro the old ways. Oh, yes. Goodness. Okay. On that on that note, it's time to end the podcast. Um, thank you so much as always for listening. You can tweet us at CSU Collegian, and we we'll back next week with more pop culture news. Mm-hmm.